well, hey, this is Eric. I'm one of the ministers at Regency. I just wanted to thank you for checking out this message. We're praying that God uses this message to draw your heart closer to Him. If you're ever in the Mobile area, we want to invite you to join us for worship on Sundays at 10 a.m. If you'd like to find out more information about Regency or to check out some other resources, visit our website at regencycc.org. It's good to see you here today. Happy Easter. It's good to see so many bright and colorful clothing options and hope that you woke up this morning with uh, some extra candy around the house. I know Friday I went to Walmart to go buy some peanut M&Ms. Not, not for Easter, just to have some peanut M&Ms. And I go to Walmart, and they were completely out of them. And it was a little disappointing. So hopefully you had some peanut M&Ms this morning in your home. But we all know that really what today is about, um, with all those other fun things, today there are millions of people around the world, billions of people around the world, who are thinking about and reflecting and focusing on the most important event in the history of the world. And that's the resurrection of Jesus. And it is because of the resurrection of Jesus Christ that that is why we gather together this morning. That is the motivation behind everything that we do. And the resurrection of Jesus Christ changes everything for each of us. About five or so years ago, Wayne Rowe um, made something and gave something to me for me to use as an object lesson in class. Uh, I feel like teenagers, especially middle school kids, myself, we love object lessons. And so he made me this crown of thorns. So this crown of thorns, it's, it's pretty cool. It's really sharp as well. And I used this crown of thorns at school in my middle school Bible classes. And so here's what I do with the crown of thorns. I bring it up in front of the class and I demonstrate to them how sharp it is. And I ask them in the class, I say, who would like to try the crown of thorns on their head? And in middle school, especially sixth grade, everybody's hand shoots up. Everybody wants to try it on. And I explain to them, like, hey, like, this isn't a silly thing. Like, we're not making fun of this. Like, we're, we need to take this seriously. But if you would like to come up here and try this on, you can come and do this. And so some of the sixth graders, one at a time, will come up and they'll try the crown of thorns on their hair, head. And even in just passing it to them, they have to be very careful in grabbing it not to poke themselves. And so they'll grab the crown of thorns and they'll place it on their head. And imagine, if you were doing this, what this would be like. As soon as it just barely touches your head, guess what happens? It hurts, right? It's sharp. It pokes you, okay? Now, some of the kids who are a little goofier than others, they try to be funny, and they will try to jam it on their head, and they immediately regret that. I think I've only had one kid bleed once before. But they'll put this on their head, and what I notice and what we talk about in the class is when this crown of thorn touches your head, what is your immediate reaction? What's the first thing that you want to do? And they all know the answer. The first thing you want to do is you want to take it off. It's painful. It hurts. No one desires the pain and the hurt that comes with the crown of thorns. And so as soon as it touches your head, you take it off. And so I make the point to them. How do you think Jesus would have felt? What would his reaction have been? Did it hurt? Of course, yes, it hurt, right? And I think it's important for us to understand, Jesus did not put on the crown of thorns. Jesus did not go on the cross because he enjoyed the pain. He didn't do it because he desired pain and suffering. 
He did it because of his love for us. And so Jesus, the difference, one of the key differences, is he had the power to take the crown of thorns off of his head. He could have said, whoa, 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 this hurts. Let's take this off. Let's not do this. Jesus had the power to remove the crown of thorns. Jesus had the power to remove the nails from his feet and his hands. Jesus had the power to stop the mocking and the beating that was taking place. Jesus had the power to stop all of it. And yet, and this is an important part, he allowed it to happen. He continued the sacrifice. Not because he enjoyed the pain, but because of his love for us. And so Jesus allowed himself to be crucified on the cross because of his love for each one of us. And if the cross gave us victory over sin, the resurrection of Jesus gives us victory over death. And, and God raising Jesus from the dead, God offered us a living Savior who promised to remain with us even now. The death, burial, and resurrection that people are focusing on this very morning, it is the most important event in the history of the world. And one of the reasons why it's the most important event in the history of the world is because of all of the things that it impacts and changes. The resurrection of Jesus changes what happens to each one of us when we die. The death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus allows us, it impacts us, and allows us to have a relationship with our Heavenly Father. The death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus allows us to be forgiven of our sins. We can have our own death, burial, and resurrection in baptism and allow the blood of Jesus to wash away our sins for us to have a relationship with Him for eternity. And I think about that crown of thorns and I think about the nails in his hands and his feet and how very easily Jesus could have decided that, you know what, this is enough. This is too much. I want this to stop. But yet he continued to let it happen, not because of his enjoyment of that pain, but because of his love for each of us. So Jesus dies on the cross. And then we get the story of what happens next. And if you would, let's look at one of the sections of the Gospels that talks about this. And so go in your Bibles to Matthew chapter 28. Matthew chapter 28. In Matthew chapter 28, we get this story of two women encountering the resurrected Jesus. So let's look at this together. Starting in verse 1, it says this. It says, After the Sabbath at dawn on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to look at the tomb. There was a violent earthquake, for an angel of the Lord came down from heaven and going to the tomb, rolled back the stone and sat on it. His appearance was like lightning, and his clothes were white as snow. So, a couple things we need to notice here. First off, the women are going to this tomb for a purpose. They're coming to the tomb to prepare the body. So if you remember, there was kind of a rush when Jesus was crucified on the cross. There's a movie that uh, was released a few years ago called Risen, and they, if you've seen this movie before, they go at the perspective of one of the Roman soldiers. And one of the things that I like about this movie is you get these details in it that you don't always get when reading it. And so one of the things that's happening is Jesus' crucifixion is happening very close to the Sabbath. And so when Jesus dies on the cross, they have to very quickly wrap the body and take it 
to Joseph of Arimathea's tomb and put it in the tomb there before the Sabbath comes. And so they don't get to do all the things that you would do for a Jewish funeral as you're preparing the body to be buried. And so the women are going back to the tomb to finish the preparations. But the fact that they're going to prepare the body for burial means what? What are they expecting to find when they get to the tomb? They expect to find the dead body of Jesus. And there's this violent earthquake in verse 2. It says the earth shook. Now we know that the earth also shook at Jesus' death. The earth shakes at his resurrection. The stone is rolled away by an angel. And so one thing that we see as we think about all of the ways that the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus has impacted things, one of the things that the resurrection of Jesus impacted was the earth. The earth was impacted. The earth was affected. The earth was changed because of Jesus' resurrection from the dead. And so then we see next the women meet an angel. And this angel, I think, is kind of hilarious. It's this really funny scene. I wish I could see it here, but I love the picture that we get. The angel in Matthew chapter 28, I think, is one of the most interesting ones in the Bible. And this angel rolls the stone away. The question is, why? Why does the angel roll the stone away? Was it to let Jesus out of the tomb? Did Jesus need for the angel to come and roll the stone away so that he could be released from the tomb like a prison? Well, we know in in the Gospel of John, chapter 20, verse 19, we're told there that on the evening of that first day of the week when the disciples were together with the doors locked for fear of the Jewish leaders, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. So we're told here that Jesus in his resurrected body could pass through material barriers. Those doors were locked and he goes through them. So the stone didn't need to be rolled away for Jesus to pass through it. Jesus was able to get through it on his own. The stone being rolled away at the tomb wasn't for the benefit of Jesus. It wasn't to let Jesus out. It was to let the women in. It was rolled away to let the women and disciples to get in and see for themselves that Jesus had in fact been raised from the dead. Now, we might ask, like, maybe they made a mistake. Maybe they came to the wrong tomb. Well, there's no possibility for mistake here. We see in the chapter right before, in Matthew chapter 27, this was a brand new tomb. It says in verse 59 and 60, Joseph took the body, wrapped it in a clean linen cloth, and placed it in his own new tomb that he had cut out of the rock. He rolled a big stone in front of the entrance to the tomb and went away. And we know that the women were there. It tells us in the next verse, it says Mary Magdalene and the other Mary were sitting there opposite the tomb. And so they knew where they were going. They knew where this place was. And so this angel that we get in Matthew chapter 28, he seems to be in a good mood. He's having fun with it. There he is casually sitting on top of the stone when the women arrived. have to wonder, like, was there a big grin on his face? Was he really enjoying this scene? Makes you wonder a little bit too, like, how did they decide which angel got to go to be the one to roll the the stone away? Was there kind of a, a fight over who got to do that? What a joy it would have been to be the angel who got to do that. How exciting to be the one to let these women know. And then we go back to Matthew chapter 28, verse 4. The guards, it says, the guards were so afraid of him that they shook and became like dead men. 
And so not only is the earth impacted and affected and changed by the resurrection, I guarantee you these guards at the tomb this night, they were also impacted and changed and affected by the resurrection that took place. And then we go on in verse 5. It says, The angel said to the women, Do not be afraid, for I know that you are looking for Jesus who was crucified. And then in verse 6 we get this incredible verse. And I don't want these words for us to just read through them and then to move on without thinking about them again. I want us to think about what's written here in verse 6 of Matthew chapter 28. Here's what the angel says. It says, He is not here. He has risen. Just as he said, come and see the place where he lay. Wow. It's pretty awesome. Think about it, right? Jesus Christ risen from the dead, going there, and their expectation, these women's expectation is to find the dead body of Jesus. But instead, they find an angel who tells them, he's not here, he has risen, just as he said. Sometimes I think, and I wonder, that we are so used to hearing about Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection that it loses some of its awesomeness. Um... My oldest son, Ethan, for years had all of these food allergies, which if you're, if you're a parent of food allergy, like, um, I know there, there's a special club for this group, right? Because you, you have to do certain things, and for a long time he couldn't eat things with eggs and wheat and milk, but specifically eggs for many years. And so a couple years ago, the doctor redid his allergy test and found out, hey, you can eat all these things again. And so there was a moment a couple weeks after going to the allergist and hearing this news that we're in the Chick-fil-A drive-thru and we're about to order food and Ethan leans over to me and he says, hey dad, the chicken sandwiches here, are they pretty good? And I'm like, wait, have you, you've never had a Chick-fil-A chicken sandwich? Oh my goodness, we're getting one of them. And so we get this chicken sandwich and we don't even wait till we get home. We pull over into the parking lot and he pulls out the chicken sandwich and he takes a bite. And I'm just watching him experiencing his first Chick-fil-A chicken sandwich. And he takes a bite, and I'm like, is it good? And he gets this big grin on his face, and he's like, yeah, it's pretty awesome. Now, it was really fun to watch someone experience something like that for the first time. And you're thinking to yourself, Andrew, are you comparing a Chick-fil-A sandwich to the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus? And I guess I kind of am. And what I'm really trying to point out is this, okay? It is, it is a neat thing to see someone experience something for the first time. Something awesome and great. And I get, like, this is not a good comparison. But really, if you think about it, there is no comparison. There is no illustration that I could give that would be an effective illustration for someone hearing about this amazing news that Jesus had risen from the dead for the first time. There's no illustration that I could give for that. But if we think about it, right, if we just think about the idea of hearing news for the first time that stops us and gets a big grin on our face and makes us think this is awesome. The news of Jesus rising from the dead is that news. It should stop us in our tracks. It should make us think to ourselves, this is awesome. And we should be on a regular basis trying our best to experience that news in as many ways as we can for the very first time by reminding ourselves how awesome and amazing and impactful and life-changing that news is that Jesus Christ rose from the dead. For the first time, 
the followers of Jesus, these faithful women, they heard what they did not expect to hear. They heard that Jesus was not in the tomb, but that he had risen from the dead. And I think sometimes that's spoiled for us a little bit because we hear it all the time. Think about those that heard it for the very first time. And so we're reminded of these women. And the angel reminds them that, you know, you guys should have known this was coming. The angel says to them, he says, listen, Jesus told you that this was going to happen. And so I want us to go back to this, this really neat angel for just a minute. Who is he? Had this angel been one of the 12 legions of angels ready to go if Jesus called? If you remember in Matthew chapter 26, verse 53, Jesus says, Do you think I cannot call on my Father and he will at once put at my disposal more than 12 legions of angels? Now, a legion can be anywhere from 3,000 to 6,000. So times 12, that could be over 70,000 angels. Now the exact number, that's not really the point. The point is the angels would have come in huge numbers if Jesus had called, but he didn't. Just like he could have taken off the crown of thorns, but he didn't. Just like he could have taken out the nails, but he didn't. He could have called these angels to come, but he didn't because of his love for us. I wonder if they were disappointed, these angels, how disappointed they must have been when they didn't get that call. We know angels, they're not omniscient. They don't know everything that's going to happen. And so they wouldn't have necessarily known how God's plan was going to turn out. Maybe they're watching the scene of what's happening with Jesus on the cross and they're thinking, how dare these evil men do this to God? Do this to Jesus. And so this angel, who's a part of this group, possibly, maybe he's a part of this group, he gets, the one to, he gets to be the one to tell this news of good, this good news to these women at the empty tomb. Now going back to these women and the thought process they had. They came with the idea that they were going to prepare the body of Jesus for burial. And we see in another gospel, in the gospel of Mark, chapter 16, verse 3, we see them ask each other <clears throat> a pretty important question. They say, who will roll the stone away from the entrance of the tomb? The women's biggest problem seemed to be, who is going to roll the stone away? Well, why, is that, why is that a big problem? The women, they were not just curiosity seekers. They were carrying spices to put on the body to honor Jesus. How in the world are a couple of women going to move the stone? Some conservative estimates of the weight of the stone used to seal the tomb of a tomb like Jesus would have been around two tons. The hardest part would have been rolling the stone out of the groove and up the incline that's used to help the stone stay in place. This is not a task that two women would have been able to do on their own. But yet, these women, they didn't get discouraged about their, their mission because of the stone. And so what I want us to think about is, what would these women have missed if they had decided not to go to the tomb? If they had looked at this problem and they had decided, you know what, this, this problem is too big to go to Jesus. Uh, uh, this problem is so massive that we're just going to stay back. Instead of viewing their problem that way, even though this problem was overwhelming, they decided to go to Jesus anyway. What is, what is for you, what is that big stone in your life? Something that I think that we can take from this story 
and from the impact of the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus is that just as the angel was on top of the stone, just as the angel was on top of the problem, we need to trust that God is on top of the problems in our life. And he may not always roll it out of the way, but he knows and he cares. We don't always have to have all the answers in our lives, just like the women didn't have the answer to removing the stone. But don't let uncertainty keep you from doing good works. So going back to our story in Matthew 28, verse 7, it says this, Then go quickly and tell his disciples, He has risen from the dead and is going ahead of you into Galilee. There you will see him. Now I have told you. Verse 8. So the women hurried away from the tomb, afraid, yet filled with joy, and ran to tell his disciples. And so this is the angel's instructions to the two Marys. Go quickly and tell the disciples, he is risen from the dead. And so we see the continued impact and life change that takes place from the resurrection of Jesus. It impacted the earth and the guards and the angels, but it also has an effect and impact on the women. The angel says, he has risen from the dead and he is going ahead of you into Galilee. There you will see him. What if, what if they got there and he had already risen and had already ascended into heaven? It would still have been good news. But the truth of what happened is actually better. The women and the disciples, they got to see him. They weren't just ear witnesses to the resurrected Lord. They were eyewitnesses to the resurrection of Jesus. So we go on in verse 9 and 10. It says, suddenly Jesus met them. Greetings, he said, which is just, what a great response, right? How subdued. Greetings. Oh, hey, Jesus. They came to him, clasped his feet, and worshipped him. Then Jesus said to them, Do not be afraid. Go and tell my brothers to go to Galilee. There they will see me. They got to meet Jesus. The resurrected Jesus. And we know all of the ways that this impacts the disciples. These disciples who had gone and who had scattered and who were in hiding, we see them in the book of Acts as the church is beginning this movement. We see them out boldly proclaiming that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. They're willing to be beaten and tortured to death, thrown in prison. And they are doing this because they believe that Jesus Christ rose from the dead. Other places it says, in, like in this story in verse 9 and 10, other places it says rejoice and the women worshipped him. What else would they do? What a natural response to what Jesus Christ has done for them. Jesus Christ rose from the dead. The response should be to rejoice and to worship him. That is the impact, that's the effect of the resurrection of Christ Jesus. And so we see the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus is the most important event in history. And it impacts and affects us in many ways. It impacts the earth. It impacted the guards and the angels. It impacts the women. And so this morning, how does the resurrection of Jesus, how does it impact you? What impact or effect does the resurrection of Christ have on you? Does it change the way that you view life's problems? Are you willing, even in times where there's this massive stone, you don't know how it's going to get rolled away, are you willing to trust that God is going to be on top of that problem? Does the resurrection, does it impact you by putting things in perspective for you? Knowing that Christ has risen from the dead, how does that impact when you face situations in day-to-day life? Does the resurrection of Jesus, does it cause you to want to live for something greater? Does it change you? By rising from the dead, Jesus proved his power over sin and death. 
And the Father accepted his sacrifice on our behalf, and we are redeemed. We are restored to relationship with him. And it's through the power of the Holy Spirit that God's presence is always with us. We're never alone. We have God's resurrection power inside of us, and we are loved. And so this morning, as we think about this amazing moment in history and all of the ways it impacts everything around us, we need to spend some time reflecting on how it has impacted each one of us. Does the resurrection of Jesus change the way that I live each day? Does the resurrection of Jesus give me confidence in knowing that I can have eternal life with him forever? This morning, maybe you're here, and maybe you need to reflect on that some more. Maybe you need to make a change this morning because of the change that took place at the empty tomb. We want to give you an opportunity to do that. Maybe there's some prayers or some encouragement that you need because of what's going on in your life right now. Maybe you need to experience your own death, burial, and resurrection through baptism and have the blood of Christ wash away your sins. We want to give you that opportunity that morning to respond to the invitation of Christ and to become a follower of him. And so whatever needs you have this morning, however we can pray for you or encourage you, won't you come now as together we stand and sing.